episode 237. We are your hosts. I'm Hector. I'm Jason. Matt. Ian. Mind Grenade is a pop culture-based show that dives into TV, movies, music, comics, and a whole lot more. What about movies? I'm sorry. I had to cut it out. <laughs> Budgetary reasons we had to cut out the movies. Lame. We're no longer sponsored by Mel. And milk. Jason thinks he's professional now because he can speak <laughs> English. <laughs> <laughs> It was one time. <laughs> no, it was more than once. Well, we you even it acknowledged a, it. If everyone would please go back to the last oh episode God. where Jason acknowledges that he's messed up multiple times. Yeah, Thank you. it was the one time, and then I couldn't stop thinking about not doing it, and then <laughs> and since I started doing it every time, but I have cured myself of this. Uh, movies is what you messed up that mm-hmm. one time, yeah. Well, lucky for everyone, we will be discussing some movies. Yeah, today. we'll be discussing yeah. movies and music. Uh, the movies is going to be part of our old news section at, towards the end, but uh, up front, I wanted to bring up music. There was a Twitter was uh, trending with um, the Spotify wrapped. I don't have Spotify, and Jason doesn't have Spotify. You, oh, really? Yeah. Um, I have my own streaming service, and you have Apple, I think yeah. you're going through right mm-hmm. now. What is it like? Uh, you have like a record player set up in your <laughs> house with like yeah. a microphone set up to it. Yeah, and then uh, it, uh, yeah, it tells me. It um, streams to your phone. It, yeah, there's algorithms somehow. <laughs> I, but I you know. only have like a single track record, so you, it, when you turn it on, you just have to listen to the same song all day. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it recommends very little. <laughs> uh, but um, have you tried silence? Because this record is over, and you're gonna have to drive home and flip it over. <laughs> yeah, I try to put it on a random; it doesn't work. And uh, um, so. Uh, I'd like to start with you, Matt, uh, if you've got uh, your list. Uh, we could do like top 10. I'm not sure how Spotify. Um, I don't think it's in a particular order, per se. Mm-hmm. I'll just like, uh, I'll just pick a couple and read them. We I were guess. all hoping that your list right. would actually be like super embarrassing. <laughs> and be like, I, uh, love, well, uh. I love that like this is like a cultural thing now. It's like, uh, you know, you can like go way back and see like, almost how Christmas started, like, by these, like, pagan traditions and stuff like that. (laughs) And then, like, this is going to be in, like, 20 years, like, everyone's going to be like, this is is Spotify week. We're all going to wear, like, weird (laughs) colors and talk about our favorite songs. Yeah. They'll be, uh, yeah. um, It's all about data analytics these days. (laughs) I know. Everything's data analytics. So uh, I did find out that with Spotify, it'll tell you how many times you've li- listened to this the songs mm-hmm. my mine's different uh mine is uh rhapsody which was bought by mtv years like ten, over 10 years ago and then they they got rid of the name rhapsody it's still mtv that owns it and it works just like spotify but it's uh called napster now oh yeah is so, it really but it's because that is of, like the most twisted yeah, circle of, I know. yeah 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 because uh a name recognition. I didn't even they, know MTV was still a thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's a name recognition is why they uh, went with Napster. So does it just play clips from the Jersey Shore? <laughs> yeah, and I, um, they actually, uh, and it's free too. And no, um, it's not pirated at all. But uh, do you fall asleep when you listen to it? Yeah. Um, Get it? Because it's Napster. Shut oh, up, man. Ian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My Ian, God. Ian, Ian's puns. Um, they. Uh, uh, the uh, side effects and Ian's puns are uh, suicidal ideation. They mm-hmm. induce uh, physical pain. In mm-hmm. and, yeah, yeah. Uh, Weight gain, diarrhea. <laughs> uh, explosive diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sui- suicidal ideations. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Homicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. number one. Yeah. 
like right away too. It's like real quick. They're very specific. Oh. Yeah, too. El- elongated toenails. That's a weird one. <laughs> I think that's just more a you. Jason. But yeah, yeah, no, it's actually elongated, even numbered toenails. Oh, that's just a weird, the even numbered side effect. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but uh, warning, we'll we'll probably have more throughout this recording. So mm-hmm. just uh, mushy boogers. Ew. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta mush them. Yeah, I'm just imagining mush, someone wait, say that. Like, mush them? Yeah. Like a, like a dog sled? Like yeah. you got boogers, right. and then you're mushing them, and then you're riding the boogers on the sled? That's what I was going for. Okay. Well, this conversation no, has reached back. its we're, pinnacle. We're, we're circling back to the... Yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyway, music. Unfortunately, this year, I, uh, I don't know if I felt the need or was pulled into the world of politics way more than usual, so... I listen to a lot more podcasts than music this year, mm-hmm. um, but I still have. I found a lot of cool stuff this year. Mm-hmm. So, I'm looking at your phone. I can see the soundtrack to Cats. Yep, high up like number seven. Yeah, well, the rest seven. is Taylor Swift. So, mm-hmm. yep. All right, next, <laughs> and that fills it in. <laughs> uh, oh, so I'll start with this one that I was going to bring up for my uh, like little end of the episode recommendation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and this band called Ripe, like fruits get ripe. And they're, I don't know what this album's called. It's got really cool album art, though. But, like, I can, I've listened to this album front to back, like, multiple times in a day because it's just so cool. But they're like this, uh, Berkeley Music School in New York City has this, you can take, you can take courses for credit. And the course is basically like private study. And the private study is you just make a band and play shows. And then you get all these, like, super talented, like, jazz musicians and classical musicians getting together at this school in new york and they make these really cool bands and there's like this vibrant local scene at berkeley but um i don't know what my favorite song is off this album but i guess i'll just say pedro like the name pedro all right which is what peter yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um but the song is pedro by the band right okay um but the whole album that that song is on is fucking awesome what style of music is it it is uh Funk, I guess, kind of, but very modern, and po- it has a little poppiness to it too. Mm, okay. Like horn section, groovy. Does it have? They're any, awesome. Does it have any piccolo? I, I don't think you know what a horn section <laughs> is. <laughs> is that a wind section? I mean, I think there is a piccolo trumpet, but I wasn't going to give that away to you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I think Ian is our technically our there wi- wind an, section there's on this an podcast. Oca- there's a pretty sick ocarina solo. Ooh, is there? Wait, is no, there? Really? Oh, I, was like, <laughs> I was actually you had yeah, me interested. Like, wait, wow. what the oh, fuck? That just um, that just made me think of okra, fried okra. No, I'm hungry. And then probably the other. I don't know if this was this year or the end of last year, but the other big find this year is this guy called Big Wild. Okay. Has anyone ever heard of him? Mm-mm. He's like, a, I guess he's an electronic music producer, but he does a lot of very unique original stuff. The song that first got me into him is called Sixes to Nines. Huh. 69. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what that title means. We all. get it. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to remember the is song like 12 years really old? cool. What are you? Are you insinuating that 12-year-olds are it's, obsessed with 69? It's a pot of humor. Okay. <laughs> oh, Invincible is another really cool one. And then the rest of the year, I, I've i talked in the past that I never listened to like rap music before, and I've been getting a lot into yeah, that. Yeah, right. Logic's new album this year was really cool. Mm-hmm. So I got into some of his older stuff, too. I'm trying to put together a Logic uh, playlist, so I need to go back through. And, and the way I do playlists is like I average out 
he has mixtapes, right? Is that most he has of a lot his, of mixtapes yeah. too? Yeah, I try to find the average length, either by time or by tracks, how many tracks, and then once I find that average, then that's how I plan. That's then I fill that like with I I go through and then pick the songs that I like, I guess, and then I make a playlist that's about that same length as the albums. And uh, right now, it's my current project's a Logic playlist. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so this album is actually really cool, too, because obviously he retired. Yes. I, I don't think... It, he Twitch streams now, and I yeah, see yeah. him come up on YouTube, like Twitch highlights and stuff. Yeah. Uh, he's a very, like, uh, inconsistent guy. I guarantee he'll make another Logic yeah. album. But uh, it's called... His first big album was called Under Pressure, Mm-hmm. And he was like under pressure to make this big record. Mm-hmm. And this is his last album, and it's called No Pressure. Mm, wow. And a lot of the songs either sample or c- relate back to that first album. And also, like lyrically and thematically, the whole album is about like his whole career and why he's retiring. Right. And it's just a really good like listen all the way through. Nice. And then uh, the last thing I'll talk about is Mac Miller, which I also mm. got into this year. Okay. Yep. Um, he has this song called Dang. I think it ends in an exclamation point, mm. which is like my jam. That's probably <laughs> the song I've listened to more than anything. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then, so he had a, an album released posthumously. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. right? Posthumously? Posthumously? I think you said it right the crew. Posthumanly. Uh, yeah, posthumanly, yeah, because he's no longer <laughs> a human. Yeah. Uh, called Circles. And there's a song on there called Good News, which is like the heaviest song I've ever listened to. Because so the guy died of a drug overdose, but if you listen to this song, you're like, oh, this song is basically a suicide note. Oh wow, okay. And it's a really good song, and it's not a sad song until you realize what he's actually singing about. Okay. But it's, uh, man, it's a really good song. But it's like the heaviest song I've ever listened to. Dang. No. um, Oh, dang's the good news. Okay. Dang's the album. No, dang is my favorite. Oh, your favorite track. And this, oh, okay. Good Good news. news is like a. It's just a really heavy song, man. But it's okay. it's a good song too. I've never listened to any Mac Miller like before or posthumanly. Yeah, he's got a pretty interesting career path too because when he first started, everyone just called him like uh, what was the term? You know, Asher Roth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard I know of Asher frat, Roth. frat rap. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he got like really upset that he kept getting lumped in with all these like huh. what most people would consider like non-talented white dudes just cashing well, in. Well, because Asher Roth culture. actually had songs titled college this yeah exactly (laughs) so uh after his first album he like totally changed it up and got recognition from like the whole rap industry is like oh we were wrong about yeah i do remember him getting more legitimized yeah um so matt if you could pick one song out of your list that is the most embarrassing that you'd be the most embarrassing (laughs) he uh, he wants this so bad that's not fair though because i don't think music should ever be embarrassing so i I, I think the term guilty pleasure is ridiculous you should never feel guilty about anything that gives you pleasure. Um, uh, <laughs> well, I could across give, the board, can, Jason. Okay, I just including thought, things that yeah. you're thinking of. Matt's scared. I'm going to give an example of something you might get embarrassed about I, that gives you pleasure. So I will not. Well, it's only embarrassing when you're giving it. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So no, no embarrassing songs. Fair mm. enough. Okay. All right, Jason. What do you got, man? <clears throat> Uh, I guess uh, he's talking about artists he's discovered. One recently I've discovered is called, uh, actually, it's a band called Walking Papers. Hmm. It has the drummer from Screaming Trees and a oh. uh, guitarist from The Missionary Position. Ooh, uh, my favorite. 
Duff McKeegan, I think, was involved with it at some point from Guns N' Roses, Guns but then Roses. Guns N' Roses started touring again a couple mm-hmm. years ago. But it's like a very rock with some blues influence. I, I've noticed that I tend to be attracted to something that has blues influences in it. I don't know what it is about mm. it, but I must... I've noticed that about myself. I must like blues. Did you listen to a music. lot of classic rock, like with your dad growing up? Yeah, maybe. That's yeah, probably, that's probably, where yeah. It, that's where it comes from with me. Mm. So anyway, yeah. So I'm just I'm just kind of getting started with those guys this year. So this is kind of a latter thing. But um, there's like a hard rock band called Within Temptation that I it, they've been around a while that I'm I've started I've listened to a bunch of their music now that I really hadn't got into before. Um, Halsey this year, like I got into her. She's not typical like a kind of music that I typically get into, but for some reason I've enjoyed a lot of her music. I've downloaded quite a few songs yeah. of hers. Um, so uh, we talked about the nude party on here before. Mm-hmm. Nude um, party, which is mm-hmm. just the nude party. Yeah, when is, is that? Like Saturday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually going on right now. <laughs> Thank God they can't see us. So. <laughs> Um, but you know, like albums, you know, Matt, I recommended this album to you, the King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Are you guys familiar oh, with that? Oh, I listened to that. They're, they're interesting. Yeah. They have a very wide spanning sound. Yeah. Oh. The album is called KG this year. It's yeah, it's, they're an interesting band. Like KG, like somebody's acting. Like Kyle Gass from Tenacious D. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the first thing I thought when <laughs> that, I When saw I that. saw that song, I was like, I hope this song is about him. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And KG. <laughs> Dude, Jack Black has a pretty funny uh, YouTube channel. Now. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of off like the wall. Jables, like there's one where he like is trying to. He built a sun a half pipe in his backyard, and him and t- he, Tony Hawk came over, <laughs> and he tried to drop in and wrecked himself. Like it's it's classic Jack Black. That's awesome. He's got a special. There's like a Jack Black shaped hole in my heart, Aww. and as long as he's there to plug it, I'm okay. Uh. Oh, an- another unexpected thing was that in uh, when I talk about like albums, I mean like when I actually because like I-, I pull music every year, all year from different artists and stuff that I that I've found that I like. Um, but then there's a- the differences to some art. Like I will consume it as an album. An album that I consumed this year that I I didn't expect to was Alanis Morissette has a new album. Hmm. I ended up I ended up liking the whole thing. Huh. Um, I'm as you guys know more attracted to faster pace sometimes like me, like sometimes death metal and blues rock Five and heavy rock yeah. yeah so well yeah so i uh so that's surprising but yeah sometimes i do like some of the slower paced music and so i don't know for some reason this album caught me so i i liked it i think she's pretty damn talented it sounds like your musical tastes have softened since you've entered your <laughs> yeah. sixth decade well i mean I, I, obviously <laughs> my music tastes are pretty white Wide spanning, white. Like, like your your hair. Hair. Your <laughs> what did I say? You, you said, said your tastes are very white. White. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that they probably have. Yeah. I, I think most people would attest, based on everything you've said so far, that that is correct. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, the Run the Jewels album that uh, Hector oh, yeah. recommended. That was that's an awesome album. Uh, that one's been growing more on me. The uh, the tracks on there for anybody. Um, the standouts are uh, the second track, Ooh La La. Yep, that's definitely like the hit. Yeah, yeah, and then and the video is fantastic. Um, DJ premieres <laughs> on that, and then um, uh, now I can't remember the other. Oh well, I'm going to use this moment to put yeah. Hector on the spot. All right, uh, RTJ two or three, two or three, boy. Uh, I'm going to go uh, one and three are probably the strongest ones. Although there is a lot of there's a lot of good. St- that fourth album's pretty strong too. Oh, sorry, I meant uh, three or four. Three, sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, boy. 
Yeah, I'll go with three. Yeah. Yeah. Three's like, it's, I feel like three is their like peak. Yeah, yeah. Every band's like, uh, some bands come out with like a great first album. Yeah. But I think those bands generally have like been around for a while mm-hmm. maybe and they just haven't released any major albums beforehand. Mm-hmm. But it seems like every band has that arc where they get to like their third or fourth album and it's like, yes! Yeah. And then the rest aren't bad, but they're just never as good. The, the thing about the first RTJ album, it feels like the first Gorillaz album where they were just experimenting, yeah, trying, trying to like out. find their sound. And then they're like, holy shit, well, look what we got. And then they then they start making it a real project. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm Jason. Go ahead. No, I mean, so a lot of the other stuff, like the albums, is not surprising because, you know, like Avatar came out new album, Blue Oyster Cult. These are all bands I've been a fan of. Green Day, a fan of for a long time. In This Moment came out with Mother. Uh, so none of that stuff is like that's all just like me following bands that I really like. Yeah. So uh, he, did I mention Huey Lewis? He actually came out with that album Weather. I think that was this year. Yeah. So it's a shorter album, but it has a couple pretty good tracks on it. I've always been a Huey so he Lewis does in his news the fan. news and the weather. He does. <laughs> yes. Sports. <laughs> that's what that means. That so. was a good Ian yeah. joke, Ian. Yeah. You yeah. should yeah. learn from that. Oh, that whole that album good. is just uh, you know uh, talking about how his career is expanding and doing the weather now. Even though meteorology, <laughs> yeah. His, yeah, his hearing's going on. Gone yeah, on all the there. songs are titled after cloud types. <laughs> Cumulus. Cumulus. Yeah. Cumulus. Uh, <laughs> That's, no, that's I can't think of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, I used to know all these. No, so like, there's uh, the puffy one, the one that's shaped like an elephant. That's like that's a good track. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so, but with either one of you guys, is there like a standout or like got the most listens this year? So, does it? Are you asking like a track that came out? No, this not year? a track. Not necessarily or, a track. Uh, just maybe an artist that just. Because I'm gonna go down my list of ten, and I'll I'll be quick. But mine aren't surprising. Um, but is there like a top like? Um, I, I'll I'll go down my list real quick. Um, for the year, the way the my uh, music uh, streaming um, app, the way it breaks it down, it it ranks um, the bands I listen to. I have albums right now um, for the year. Um, Slow Rush by Tame Impala is my number one album. And um, let's see, uh, Norman, Norman Fucking Rockwell by Lana Del Rey is the second. A Birth of the Cool by Miles Davis, that's, that's the new one that kind of surprised me. Um, RTJ4 is number four, wow. Um, Joy Time by Marshmallow is number five. Uh, Lust for Life by Lana Del Rey is number six. That was her album from a couple years back. RTJ3 is number seven. Demon Days by Gorilla is number eight. That's an old album. Um, uh, Mystic Thickness by Tobacco is number nine. Nice. Uh, and number ten is Plastic Beach by the Gorillas, which is a, a ten-year-old album. Um, and then artists, the way it breaks it down, my type of artists. Uh, this is the list that isn't very surprising. And uh, come on, internet. Uh, number one, Lana Del Rey. Number two, Gorillas. Number three, Tame Impala. Number four, Marshmallow. Number five, Radiohead. Number six, Metric. Um, me and Ian will talk about metric here in a second. And then uh, Run to Jewels, number seven. Miles Davis, number eight. Tobacco, number nine. Ooh, Miles Davis. Yeah. Although and I remember you were saying that you had kind of... I got yeah, into... Got well, into... Uh, it, the, and that kind of ties into something Matt and Jason were just talking about. Uh, Sublime is uh, number 10, which is kind of crazy. That's an old 90s band. Um, you guys were just talking about blues influence and how you were just... And I think you're right. It ties into classic like what rock. It's what your parents listen to. It's right. like that. You get that little sweet spot. In yeah. It. Um, so 
the jazz stuff that I've been getting into, uh, Miles Davis and um, uh, who's the other guy? Um, uh, Coltrane? No. That's my guy. Uh, okay. And then uh, right now, I'm, for the next year, I'm looking into Charles Mingus um, albums. I'm trying to figure out where, where a good spot to start. But uh, who is the other guy? Have you ever listened to Snarky Puppy before? No, I've never heard of that. Oh, they're fantastic. The, they're like a jazz band. They're like band. a 10-piece. Yeah. The number varies. They have a lot of guests, but they're like a very modern jazz group. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the other guy uh, I've been listening to is Duke Ellington. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I discovered by listening to The Wire every once in a That's a cool way to find music is if you're listening, if you're watching a TV show, and then you're like, oh, what song is that? And mm-hmm. you have to do the research. But uh, Duke Ellington. But so I remember talking to Ian about this at work that, like listening to this jazz music now, like Miles Davis, reminds me of Radiohead and Radiohead prog rock. You know, um, Pink Floyd's the same way. Pink Floyd was very influenced by jazz uh, b- before they started, and uh, um, that that um, improvisational kind of aspect of jazz music is what Radiohead was trying to do with their with rock music, is and electronic music. They were trying to like get that. Um, improvisational feel going and i can hear i can i can see it the way you were just talking about how blues kind of um especially brit rock from the 60s has had a lot of bluesy kind of oh yeah inspirational led zeppelin eric clapton um but yeah um let me go back to my charts here um so uh, Tame Impala this year for me has been I've been trying to get into that band and they dropped it it's not they it's one dude yeah no yeah he's got such a he's got a sound yeah uh, and he's very obsessed with drumming like it's insane and uh, let me just name off the four or five tracks off the new album that people just uh, the first track I got is Borderline um, the second track is Tomorrow's Dust Tomorrow's Dust is really good Lost in Yesterday was one of the uh, singles. But this is the one uh, that just do yourself a favor and listen to it a couple times because, man, it's just, it's so, it's the drumming in it. And I'm not even a big drumming guy. Like, I don't listen to music for the drumming, but this song is just so fantastic. It's called It Might Be Time. And that's off of The Slow Rush, um, the newest album by Tame Impala. And uh, yeah, it's, that's all I had. You know, I, uh, to get, Ian involved in the conversation. Um, we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, metric. Um, I did a episode. I was invited on to the Deprogrammed podcast where they put together a starter kind of playlist for people interested in, in, in a, getting into a band. And they invited me on for Metric. And uh, we put together a, a playlist. It was me and the host, Justin, and um, Brian. Brian, who I had on this podcast recently to talk music. And we put together a metric playlist, but I am super. I, I remember starting that podcast out with telling them we don't have to put together a playlist because mine is perfect. <laughs> I'm very proud of my metric uh, playlist, and um, it's really strong. I like yeah, it. and you've gotten grown to love the band. Yeah, I mean, a lot from not knowing who they were at all, mm-hmm. you know, like two years ago to now, I'd say they're one of the bands I just go back yeah. to frequently to listen to. If you to. want to know how how much Ian enjoys this band, he is talking about a band called Metric, and mm-hmm. he has made no jokes about measurement or <laughs> oh. inches. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good measuring stick on how... Oh! 
Dude, How we're out eating so good today. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, you were such a wascally rabbit to start out before we got on recording, and you gotta you gotta bring it back up. Um, wait, so I'm not up. familiar with. I, maybe I've heard of. Yeah, is it like um, um, indie rock type? Yeah, thing? It's, it's it's super indie. It's like a Canadian, the Strokes. They would they would be at the same show. Okay. Um, Metric is a Canadian band, indie. It's uh, uh, the 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 lead singer is a, a female. Um, and then the rest is a, is a dudes, and people might know Metric, at least the music from Scott Pilgrim versus the. World. Oh, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I love that okay. movie, and that scene where um, Captain Marvel, uh, whatever her name is, um, where she Envy is her name in the yeah. in, in the movie when when she comes out and sings in her band, she's yeah. singing a Metric song, and she does it. She fucking does it great. Oh, I didn't know that was a Metric yeah. song. Um, it's yeah, it's, I like that song. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, that makes it onto my play my playlist. I'll, I'll on our Facebook on the Mind Grenade Facebook page. I'll post my Metric playlist that I'm like I said, super proud of. Um, yep, I'm on board. I think Metric. I haven't taken a deep dive as like y- you have, Ian, but I think Metric's really good. I'm always surprised. The more listen to it, the more songs I find that I just generally enjoy. I mean, yeah. they're it's kind of melodic. I mean, it's somewhat catchy. The mm-hmm. lyrics are well thought out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a good a good even mix of traditional rock instrument mm-hmm. instruments and electronic. Like it's a good kind of mix. Yeah, they mash it together yeah. really well. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll post that on our Facebook page there and on our Twitter uh, account. But um, um, before we move on, any, anything else uh, music-wise here with our uh, year-end kind of... Um, oh, I guess I can just shout out one that I forgot, mm-hmm. which is... I talk, told you this, Hector, but I yeah. discovered uh, Aesop Rock this year. Yeah, 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 Dude, yeah. That guy is fucking, like galaxy brain yeah he like if you like look up like the most intelligent i mean what a weird intelligent rappers that's a silly thing but he's always number one on the list he has like the record for the most unique words in a single song like a- his vocabulary is like asap rocky no asap rocky is something totally oh different. wow okay, okay yeah um he's like been doing this forever just like underground rapper uh, none shall pass is like his uh, that's the song I would start with if I was going to check him out. Okay. Okay. Cool. Is that a Lord of the Rings reference? <laughs> it is. <laughs> but I'm, uh, it may be pre-Lord of the Rings. I... How could it be pre-Lord of the Rings? Uh, well, when, when is... I mean, the when... books are written. Like... Well, he doesn't say what? none shall pass, actually. Oh, okay. You freaking loser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you shall... Ian uh, got, like, offended there. <laughs> what did uh, you and I, Jason, we were talking... Um, uh, movies and the state of the world with, uh, you know, um, movies being delayed and whatnot. So you brought up the Lord of the Rings TV show, and I was like, mm-hmm. holy yeah, shit, I forgot, I forgot about, about no, that completely. Yeah. That's supposed to be an Amazon thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. Is, what yeah. the hell happened to that? Well, I just, you it's know, with everything. Still in development. I'm sure everything just got pushed back because right. of uh, the pandemic and whatnot, mm-hmm. but... Um, that I can't wait for. That'll that'll be a fun thing to get into. Yeah, I'm not sure it was due out in 2020 anyway. Yeah, no, not for 2020. Yeah. But it, 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 I'm sure it got pushed back. Even but yeah, still. it probably got delayed. Um, uh, that reminds me. Do we well, know any casting for that? I did look it up. It's not very many people that I don't are think well they known. really pulled like well-known people. Like they're kind of doing yeah. like a game Game, game of, of Thrones kind of thing. Kind of yeah. You know? Um, the 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 game the I'm sorry the um Lord of the Rings thing reminded thing. Reminded me of Star Wars, and I brought this up recently. I've been doing the uh, Mandalorian kind of uh, reaction after show thing. Um, 
on the podcast, but uh, and I did bring it up. I'm pretty sure it made it onto the last recording I did. Um, where, you know, in the Fellowship of the Ring, the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movie, where that scene where he falls, he he tells them to run, fly you fools. Yeah, tell them to just run, you know, go, and then he falls down the chasm, and then. If you don't know the story, you think, oh, well, okay, there's Gandalf and we won't see him again. Mm-hmm. And then the second movie opens with that same scene, but then you follow him down that chasm. Mm-hmm. It's fucking glorious. What a great way to start a movie. I want to see that in Star Wars now. I want to see that, op- that, that scene in uh, Empire where Vader and Luke are fighting in, on Cloud City and he chops off his hand and then that lightsaber just drops that chasm. I want to see some Star Wars TV show or movie start just open with that scene, I am your father, and then follows the camera follows the lightsaber and then time lapse it where you just follow that lightsaber all the way to where Ray finds it at the beginning of Force Awakens or not the beginning but during Force Awakens. And then also tying into the Mandalorian, we can get into some Mandalorian talk. Um Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi, where he falls down the um, Sarlacc pit. He obviously got out. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see him in the latest episode. <laughs> right. Uh, it would it'd be great if they showed him falling in there. Like, just take the footage from the actual Return of the Jedi and then, like, then start from there and then piece together, you know, um, to see how he got out of the Sarlacc pit. And yeah, like, how does he lose he his crawl? armor? Is he... Yeah, yeah. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe the Sarlacc pit just got overfed that day. Think of how many people fell into that. <laughs> there was thing. a lot, Maybe and we're... then he just kind of threw up yeah. Boba Fett. It was just too much. He over-ate. you know what? He probably didn't need his armor because he was wearing so much plot armor. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh Jesus! Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. What do you think? Maybe he ate too much, and then they had to call the Sarlacc doctor, and the Sarlacc doctor pumped the Sarlacc pit's stomach, and then Boba Fett came out. Maybe. I mean, it's uh, it's possible. We, you just is this don't something know, that's so. happened to you, Jason? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't say I've ever heard <laughs> of someone you... eating so much they need to get their stomach pumped. I'm just. But then I looked <laughs> to my right and I was like, No, I think that could probably happen. <laughs> yeah, that's what Jason's mom used to call his stomach. I mean, the when, the, the when those <laughs> subway footlongs are so cheap, you just can't help but oh, just man. to keep eating them. I know. Yeah, uh, just by the party size. <laughs> Yeah. Watch most disappointing thing ever. It is not a huge sub. Yes, it's like six we went over this. <laughs> we, yeah. Oh yeah. It's just right. but yes. that was like twenty. Episodes. Don't bring up. Yeah. It's don't bring news. up bad it's memories. News. It's news. Yes, I'm still hurting from that. Do we want to keep? Do you want? Do you want to tell us about your hate for the latest episode? Oh my god. Let's hear. It. I want to hear your. your oh, take I wonder because I talked to them before yeah. you showed I, up. Yeah. Well, well, we should first start with what I told Hector before this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because it's going to be important next episode, <laughs> which is that every time I have a file a complaint against this show on the podcast, the next episode or the next next episode just completely does what I said they need to do. Hmm. Like it, it makes my original critique not meaningless because it still stood for the episode mm-hmm. I made the critique for, but the show seems to have moved past it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before you shut up, Matt, uh, I mean, Ian, we're talking about. We did enjoy that last episode, but the, it needed more polish. That it, last episode. I don't did. know. That last episode, like the if I had to describe it in one word, it would be lazy. We're talking about the mm-hmm. Robert Rodriguez directed episode where uh, Boba Fett 
confronts the Mandalorian in case people are listening to this way later. Um, yeah, it's episode six, I think. It's the tragedy. It's it's the one where they take uh, Grogu. Um, Grogu. Uh, man, the Mandalorian takes Grogu to that planet. Wait, that's what the episode we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. I just for the listener. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just kind of place <laughs> I was them. Like, am I missing something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it's. I like the action, but then it kind of gets away from them and it gets a little sloppy. The acting, the same. I like most of it, but then it gets away from them here and there. Um, exposition-y as fuck from the beginning to the very end. Like, they have to explain everything to you. Like, because they, because I was telling Ian and Jason before you showed up that they're, they're positioning you to, so you know where the story's going for the last two episodes. It's, it's, and then the whole thing with like setting up, somebody on Twitter posted, um, uh, the Mandalorian episode, whatever, um, with an equal sign, and then it said Ocean's Eleven because they're like getting the team together for whatever mission that's they're leading up to. So a very, very set up kind of expositiony kind of you know plot um, episode. Um, but anyway, your thoughts? Oh, I don't. You guys might have to stop me because I could rant for. Yeah, no, please go. This episode. Well, for one, I've made it very clear that I think when people don't die, it just delegitimizes everything about a show. Yeah. So I'm on this podcast saying that there's no way they're bringing the emperor back because that would be the stupidest bullshit Uh, they've ever done. Yeah. And they did it, and it was. Yeah, it was. I didn't care. And I think it's stupid that Darth Maul is alive. Mm -hmm. Same here. Because Obi Wan's entire character arc is to like, he kills like he kills Darth Maul. That's like. The point. Yeah. And then he didn't die. He killed his master, and the so re- he kills, yeah. And the worst part is, like, if some writer in, like, a closet somewhere was like, oh, what if we bought back Darth Maul? And they did that? Fine, okay, like, make a good story around it. But it's not. It's like the Star Wars is no longer an original property. It's just a bunch of nerds forcing writers to yeah. write what they want them to yeah. write. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that culminates in Boba Fett, who, like, if you really think about it, the character that Boba Fett is on this episode could be any random bounty hunter. Because right. Boba Fett, as he exists in canon, is nothing. He's a faceless, voiceless character. He doesn't have a lot of lines. Yeah, yeah. and he's not like this super effective bounty hunter on the, in the movies either. He gets his ass whooped like, almost immediately in, this, in the third movie. He acts like... Uh, I was, had this pointed out to me recently that he gets killed by accident. Like yeah. somebody just turns. I think it was Han Solo turns and then knocks him into it by accident. So, and yeah, uh, and then also that actor Tamora Morrison that plays him now, who uh, played the clones, yeah, yeah, and he he played Django, right? Uh, so, but in this episode, he comes out like, yeah, I'm back, and it's like, you really yeah, weren't the character in the first place, and it, then it's just like. Uh... It's for the nerd boners. That's yeah, the only reason I, it's I don't, there. I don't care for. Um, what I do just call I that, hated um, every minute of Boba Fett coming back. And yeah. then in the I don't know. Maybe this is just me projecting, which is what everyone has been doing on Boba Fett's empty character yeah. for decades. Right. But to me, he was like a. He just cared about doing the job and getting paid. Right. And now suddenly he's this honorable dude. Yeah. It, it just uh, it made me. F- I don't know. Yeah. I don't like it. When 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 he was flying towards the empty. Uh, the, the, whatever we want to call them now, they're not the Empire because the Empire's been killed or whatever or destroyed. But uh, the remnants of the Empire, when he's flying towards the ship and he's all, they're back. The Empire's. I was like, it's so fan servicey. Um, yeah, and then this episode just releases like the cavalcade of plot holes. Mm-hmm. Like 
Okay, so he fell into the Sarlacc pit and quote-unquote died, as far as everyone's concerned. Mm -hmm. How did he get Slave 1? Right. Yeah. So that's a whole other story. Okay, so now he has Slave Mm 1. He knew that that sheriff had his armor. He's the badass bounty hunter. Mm -hmm. And then he just lets the guy keep his armor. The whole time until the Mandalorian gets it. Um, It's, It's... it is so, this episode is so lazy, guys. You are yeah. Boba fed up with this. I really am. And that's not <laughs> even to get to the action scenes, which mm-hmm. I feel like uh, maybe I need to watch it again because I could see getting caught up in the action and getting excited and being like, this is great. But my approach was, so they're just going to stand in a field. Mm-hmm. Like there's a scene where yeah, Mando yeah, yeah. and the girl are standing wide out in the open. Yeah. Just shooting, and then the stormtroopers are literally running in a line yeah, yeah, yeah. down the rocks, not even shooting at them, getting yeah. shot and falling over. It was the, is the laziest action the, the, scene. The guy I think with I've the, the the guy with the cannon, the the mounted cannon, stays there shooting while a boulder is coming at well, him. Or the, takes the, him out. the boulder. There's one scene where uh, she's hiding behind a bunch of rocks. Yeah. And the guy sets up the the minigun or whatever. Yeah. She sees that and decides to run across mm-hmm. the ridge wide out yeah. in the open. Yeah. Like, when was she that? was hiding behind rocks. And mm-hmm. then her pushing the rock, that was her only mm-hmm. cover. And she just kicked it down That's... the hill. It was, you guys, I think if you watched it again, you'll realize mm-hmm. that Star Wars is better than that episode. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. angry yeah. that people liked it. <laughs> I liked it enough. It wasn't, it didn't like ruin. It, uh, it, it hurts that it was right next to a near perfect episode. That- well, and the first five minutes were great. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, we're yeah. gonna get a little Jedi exposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, another plot hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't blow up the Razor Crest until after the Mandal or until after Boba Fett was able to retrieve his armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you were gonna mount an assault on people on the surface, why wouldn't you blow up their ship first? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he. Uh, so what now? <laughs> so the. Um, Razor Crest gets destroyed. Does he end up with the Slave One eventually? Right? Is I'm that, sure that's where it's yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, the, the nerdgasms are not increasing. You know, all of the, hey, <laughs> but not all of the Razor Crest got destroyed. We got to remember the ball oh, knob. The ball, yeah. The ball knob, yeah. You ever seen the memes survived. where it's like uh, in parentheses, like little subtitles at the bottom, like thinking intensifies or something like that? <laughs> yeah. That that's what this episode nerdgasm intensifies. <laughs> no, I, I I don't care for the. Uh, the, I, I'm right with you with the fan service. Like, people love this character so much that we're just going to bring him back, even though at the time, yeah, if it wasn't for year, decades of, we think that character is so cool, he wouldn't. Have, they wouldn't have brought him back. Right. Um, or even if they brought him back, but he was just kind of. This is my own opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't think this necessarily takes away from anything. But mm-hmm. if they brought him back, but he was like ruthless. And yeah, yeah, all yeah. he wanted was his armor, and then he's gone again. But now he's a hero. Oh, and then the other expositiony thing that is like just knocks you over the head is that I'm Jan- um, you know, Django is my father. Like he's trying to, co- he's they're just shoehorning in the fact that he's a Mandalorian, I guess. Yeah, yeah. but then like he has to show his, like he he on his little wrist thing he pops up a DNA thing to it, no it's really me it's really boba fett yeah. like who are you trying to convince like you're trying to convince yourself or us like we okay we get it you're boba fett i think part of that is just trying to to develop an artificial connection as a foundling between the mandalorian uh, yeah, yeah. and boba fett so now they have a reason for them to basically like, but look they, but each other they, yeah. 
Boba Fett isn't and wasn't a foundling. It was Jango that was. Yeah. That's right. Or well, yes, but I guess the foundling his, thing. Yes. But it's like the armor passed down. To yes. Him, yeah. So whatever the reason that somehow means. It's um, fine. Yes, his dad was a founding. Yes. Just skewer this episode before he. Because I do want. Well, talk I mean, you, you guys seem to not have hated it. So. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. Had <laughs> I didn't hate problems it. with it. Yeah. Uh, no, there's. I didn't, I didn't hate it. I like. I liked. I mentioned it on one of the um, Mando episodes I did. Uh, or the one I did for this particular episode, it was like uh, starship porn. Like every shot of any ship looked fucking cool as fuck. And uh, so just for that, I just, you know, redeemable kind of part of the episode. But yeah, it wasn't. Um, and like I said just a moment ago, it kind of hurts it too that it was next to that episode with Ahsoka Tano, which was fucking excellent. Yeah. Um, and, and also it was... Yeah, it was just new. Like that whole yeah. episode kind of felt new for Star Wars. The the Ahsoka Tano episode. Yeah, yeah. that I, I love that they just like they weren't fucking around. Like they show her like right away, and her lightsaber skills were fucking cool. Um, um, Austin, who I had on the last episode, he brought up how he's glad that they didn't. This show isn't just nonstop fan like. We are getting fan service, fan service with Boba Fett. Well, but, but see, I think the Ahsoka was fan service done well. Yeah, yeah. So. But but the the show isn't relying nonstop on Skywalker and 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 lightsabers. Right. Like they they're 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 trying to make the show its own thing, and occasionally, and like you said, done right. Um, the fan service um, with that episode, but uh, um, yeah. Uh, give me your thoughts on uh, on that episode on the Ahsoka. Tano oh, that's episode. the best episode they've filmed in the entirety of this show mm-hmm. by like quite quite a, a, a margin. margin. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it was like it it actually advanced the plot rather than meandering it. Yeah. It introduced new ish new lore yeah. instead of relying on already yeah. established lore. Yeah. It had lightsabers, which I mean, I was fine if this show didn't, but yeah. awesome. Yes, I agree too. Yeah. Um, the like she's using, uh, yeah, just one in each hand. And it's probably and, one of the the and most the action badass. was done badass. The cinematography yeah. was great. The like the calls to like old samurai films mm-hmm. and old westerns and yeah, yeah. I mean that episode is 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 the best. There I like the, has atm- been. the atmosphere. The the pacing was steady and even yeah. and done right. Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, her her attacks that they were done in the dark lit scenes in the dark. Something we kind of I don't think we've really seen that. Oh yeah, uh, and the kind smoke of approach. At the beginning. Yes, yeah. that kind of approach to a fight scene with a Jedi or Padawan or whatever you want to call her. But yeah, that was very well done. That was pretty cool. She retract the lightsaber so she could go stealth, and then you know mm-hmm. she was using that to her advantage. So that was pretty force. cool. That does bring up a kind of an interesting point with her character in that, like the the reason I can never get into Clone Wars mm-hmm. is because there's to me there's just one it's not in like any real chronological order so it's hard to find what you're looking for mm-hmm. like if you say oh, i, I want to find you know this you have to like it's just it's hard to find unless you google it or whatever mm-hmm. um but there's so much like filler episodes between like the good episodes yeah. mm-hmm. that's what this show feels like which yeah. is interesting that dave filoni is like the common thread there yeah the uh the episode the, i'm sorry the seasons are like 20 episodes yeah long but the show, I, yeah. the episodes about ahsoka are really good mm-hmm. and how she She's not a Jedi by choice, basically. She mm-hmm. abandoned the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. And that's why her lightsabers are white. Yeah, yeah. Did you know, Matt, that you can buy, remember a couple episodes back from that, those blue macarons that Baby Yoda steals uh, and eats? And oh, yeah. Oh, I think they're macarons. There's like macarons oh, and macarons oh. or something like that. But you can buy them where uh, William, 
William Sonoma, I wrote it down, $50 for a pack of 12 Merch. for these, ba- these Rogu <laughs> now. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. That's expensive. I was like, for, that's for fine. Macrons. And it was like 50 bucks. I was like, fuck you. Um, <laughs> I was asking Jason one night, like, uh, what, what are, how, how can Baby Yoda, how can Grogu, how, how, how can you make that character more adorable than he already is? Yeah, feed him cookies. Yeah, feed him cookies. Put, <laughs> yeah, yeah, put yeah. a little cowboy hat on him and a little cowboy uh, costume on yeah, him. Apparently, don't feed him eggs. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I can't. That just... Oh, we did not talk about the only redeeming scene of the last episode, which is Baby Yoda whipping around a bunch okay, of stuff. Okay, yeah, there jumpers. you go. See, yeah. And that was just entertaining more than Okay, anything. so uh, part of the thing that I like that we do a podcast is uh, predicting shit and have it on record. Um, I'm one, like, this is a predict, this just kind of came to mind when I was watching that, that scene. Uh, the black lightsaber, the dark saber. I'm wondering if baby Grogu will end up killing Gideon with that dark saber using the force, like makes the dark saber levitate and just slices him in half down the middle or something crazy. So I'm wondering oh, if man, that's, that's a, like a three, four year for London line prediction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or I don't know. I feel like man, the Mando will end up with that sword in the end. Uh, the dark, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause it, it, it is tied like into the, Mandalorian. Exactly. Lore, yeah. Mm hmm. Um, so, you know, speaking of, wait, like, let's make a bolder prediction. <laughs> we'll go around the table yeah. with this one. What What is the purpose of capturing Baby Yoda? Yes, yeah, okay. okay. These are on the record, everybody. Yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll go first. My take on capturing Baby Yoda involves the uh, science experiments. They're taking his DNA because yeah. they want to try and create clones that have that are force sensitive clones of of him uh just not of baby yoda but like use his dna to incorporate into like oh okay so does this connect into any existing canon or is it all new um i'd say it's probably gonna be new okay i say snoke yeah, because so they they said they they talked about the midichl- M count. They don't yeah, want to say midichlorians yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. About a blood transfusion, so it sounds like they're trying to give somebody force powers. Yeah. And there was like a tank full of something. Yeah, a, a vats and, of clones. Look, yeah, I don't know. Look like I feel like it's Snoke. Yeah. I I feel like that those vats of those characters. I think I, I agree. I think that was done it's on either purpose. that or the emperor. But yeah, I, I don't that, think it's the Emperor. I think that was done on purpose. I, I I agree. I think that what they're trying to do is may maybe not now, but it'll lead to the whole Snoke thing. Mm. Creating a basically Snoke is like an avatar for the Emperor, basically, right? I mean, I don't know, it's something he can well, control. He is a sent he I mean, as far as we're aware, he's a sentient being, right? Yeah. He, but he yeah. just he was, works for the Emperor, yeah. kinda. So I, that always confused me in Rise of, Sky, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, did it? Is it because they nah. didn't explain anything? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I am already on record in my feelings of that movie. But um, yeah, they show vat like vats full of with, snow, of right, snow yeah. right, 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 uh, clones. And so was that like was that like a, a test subject to see if it could work for the emperor to? Anyway, I don't even want yeah, to talk yeah. about it anymore. But I, I, I'm with you, Matt. I think they they were they're trying. But well, see, so the the reason I ask is there's uh, Ian's is a third possibility. So there's three mm-hmm. possibilities: either it's Snoke, the Emperor's new body, yeah, Emperor's new groove, mm-hmm. or something completely new. Yeah. So yeah, 
I'm going with. Uh, it just sounds so fucking cheesy that they would go with the Emperor Snoke. God, it's just. I sucks. think Snoke is. <laughs> I no. Cheesy. I think Snoke is is good though. It, it, and it falls, it's something that has to be explained. Yeah, and it falls within the timeline because then yeah. it's it's like they put it in canon. Yeah, they can't unput it in canon, right, so we right. might as well see mm. see it explained. Uh, or it's uh, Darth Maul. Or, uh, no, it's, I didn't consider. It, I like Ian's idea though. Yeah, are they trying to make like force sensitive stormtroopers? Also, also, why haven't they ever tried? Why didn't the Emperor ever try this? Oh, well, the Emperor did need to try to. Oh, actually, I forgot. Uh, I found somewhere an article that had a really cool uh, secret. So the episode where they bust into the rebel base, the one that we're t- kind of talking about with yeah. the tanks, where mm-hmm. he talks about the M count or whatever, the the scientist on the shoulder of his shirt has the logo that is, it's the it's different, but it's intentionally similar to the the Camino aliens from the Clone Wars. Oh, Wars. wow. Oh. The, so the Camino yeah. is the aliens who made the clones. Yeah, right. The, and the, if you if you you can look it up, but the scientist has the logo, the huh. same logo that the aliens in Camino, the Clone Wars yeah. have yeah. on their jackets. Ah, okay. cool, cool. So clearly, cloning is the is the deal here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they open up so much with the cloning, and uh, it's kind of like time travel with star trek it's like i know there's certain things that you just shouldn't introduce because they just make everything so messy yeah then you can do anything and i hate that they brought back the emperor like because that was such a good death like for that evil character right to just bring him back they i mean sure they killed they killed him at the end of this movie of uh, the last movie but they brought him back if you bring him back once then you can bring him back a thousand times like yeah, has know. any like a has any big villain actually ever died in Star Wars? I guess Count Dooku and Grievous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Darth but Vader. Like, Vader, yeah. Uh yeah, I guess Even but though Vader Adrian. survived the first time. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? So you have Maul dies, comes back, Vader dies, comes back, the Emperor dies, comes back. Only the only, Jedi's don't come back. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, yeah well, this opens the door for <laughs> yeah. Mace Windu to come back. He yeah, this fell is into a vet. crackpot theory. Uh-huh. Like I feel like you open Pandora's box. Now you can just start I just hope this is not a trend where just now if you, the character didn't die on screen, it's completely open. It's already a whoever, trend, right? Yeah. You ready for Harrison Ford to appear? <laughs> yeah, just to bring the character back. Actually, that's want. kind of funny though, because the Mandalorian is before. Yeah, Han Solo right. died. So he can <laughs> could. Die, yeah. He is, yeah, except he hates alive. Star Wars. Hell, he even brought Princess Leia back. Hmm. All right. Uh, you got anything yeah. else there? Uh, I I recently watched Rudy uh, for the first time since like high school. Oh, I, was, I thought was you were going to say for the first time ever. No, 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 no. It's like what inspires someone to go watch Rudy for no. the first time ever? It was on. I think it was. I don't remember why. I just I was folding laundry and I started watching it again and I was like, holy shit! John Favreau is a oh, young guy right, is yeah, in yeah. that movie. Okay, I was wondering why you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. John Favreau directs or is a showrunner for The Mandalorian. Yeah, and Vince Vaughn's also in that movie, looking like a child, like a kid. Hmm. And huh. I was like, "Home." Oh, it is weird to I watch. Forgot old both movies of them. And... Yeah, it's Sean Astin, right? Sean mm-hmm. Astin Sean plays Astin, yep. Rudy. He's at Lord of the Rings. Uh, Samwise Gamgee. Um, all right. Well, unless we have anything else to talk yeah. about. Oh, I just got a really quickly. Oh no, this is another show, so we can move oh, on. Yeah. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, please. I just want to shout out Fargo. Yeah, Jason's Jason got brought it up before. That, yeah. But, yeah. It's a uh, surprising that Are you turn about first season or second. Have you watched it? Uh, no, I've wanted to. Oh, know. the first season is it's up there in like the best single seasons of anything ever. Okay, the it's such a meticulously crafted show. 
um, it really nails the whole Coen Brothers vibe, mm-hmm. even though they are, I think they're just produced. I don't know yeah. what their involvement is, Which, but like yeah. it, it is full Coen Brothers. Like it's got that humor where there shouldn't be humor, but it's Dark also humor, not yeah. hilarious. Um, which it was ballsy as hell for the uh, for them to attempt to turn a show, turn a Coen the Coen Brothers, Brothers movie. into a show. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. As, and they do it great. And it also the one thing I will say, and maybe this is a spoiler, but I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. Is that are you aware of the concept of Chekhov's gun? Yeah. Once a once you see a gun just laying on like on, on well, it's a like shelf you it basically to boil it down movie, is yeah. you never show anything on camera that doesn't have a purpose. Pay, a payoff later. So the Chekhov's gun is like from an old movie, I think, yeah. where there was a gun over the fireplace and the camera held on that gun for just a little longer than it should. Because later in the film, that gun is it plays meaningful. a part in the yeah. yeah. This show is Chekhov's gun. The show. Oh, nice! It's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and I feel like I need to watch it again because there's probably so much that I missed the first time. Yeah, I wonder if there's a movie that does that the red herring version of that, where it keeps panning to different things, <laughs> but but like really interesting things, yeah. and it never pays off. It's well, like, they kind of do yeah, little that's... red herring moments on the show sometimes too. I think that'd be called Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here's here's how cool this looks. It'll never you'll right. never see it again. <laughs> There's so many memes uh, about that. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, to um, close off the show, I've got a little bit of old news, and it technically is kind of old news because it's about a week old. Um, uh, the whole Warner Brothers thing uh, announcing that uh, uh, for 2021, they're gonna. Uh, Pretty much their entire slate of movie theatrical releases are going to be um, day the same day release on HBO Max, which mm-hmm. is their streaming service. Um, there's people that like I think Jason brought up that Matt, you at some point on the podcast brought up. Oh, how, I called it. Man. Yes, yeah, yeah. So that's that's a benefit of having this podcast is that we can be like, oh yeah, go back, yeah, <laughs> go check back it out, see, guys. Go back and see how right I was. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, I have my feelings on this because um, Wonder Woman was the big announcement because um, that's being released later this month uh, on Christmas and it's going to be in theaters and on HBO Max. And um, Mulan, they did that with, but only they only had it on the streaming service. They didn't have it yeah. uh, in theaters. But then they like charge extra on top of your streaming fee. Well, they're basically for that show. Like not only that, that, they're movie. charging. They're they're charging the price for you to watch it with five people. Right, right. But but moving forward, like Wonder Woman, if you if you already have HBO Max, you're not paying extra. Really? Yeah. And then so mo- these streaming services gotta be making a shit ton of money. I wonder if there's gonna be like a small but maybe noticeable budget contracture uh, in like big budget films. Okay, so what I doing my research on this. HBO Max is not has not been doing. Here, here's the numbers. Um, it's been described as a temporary. This whole thing with the streaming, uh, having the movies on their um, streaming service and in theaters in the same day. Um, it's uh, it's been described as a temporary plan in quotes, but will be much a much needed boost for HBO Max, which launched earlier this year and has been struggling to attract subscribers ever since. Fewer than nine million people have signed up while about 28 million existing HBO users haven't activated their accounts, which comes free with their current plan. So everyone listening to this right now, or just across the board, anybody who has HBO, like pays for it on their cable service, has access to HBO Max for free. 
like it's not free because you have to have the HBO service, but 28 million existing HBO users haven't activated their HBO Max. Oh, that Max sounds like a account. marketing problem. Yeah. It definitely is, yeah. So it's been struggling this this. But uh, it also makes service. sense, it's like, weird because it's like, the same thing. It's like having two, you have HBO, HBO Max, they have the same shit, except mm-hmm. HBO Max is like some more, so it, it's like the yeah. all-inclusive. I feel like if you look at the demographics of the kind of person who, quote-unquote, has HBO, mm-hmm. but not HBO Max, they're like, the boomers yeah. older and that's exactly what yeah, i was they, thinking and yeah. th- so they may have hbo but it's really just wrapped into their com that's hilarious i haven't had comcast in like a mm-hmm. decade almost it's wrapped into their cable bill so they yes they have hbo but they don't really even maybe necessarily like consider it like oh i have hbo it's just part of their cable there's a lot yeah. of people too since it's at&t that if you're an atd provider there you'll see a huge boost too i think with just them uh it's like you have a phone plan right through at&t ton of people do um, if you have like the unlimited plans, a lot of times they're kind of like coax people to go into that and say, we're going to give you HBO Max. Yeah, so now you have HBO, but you don't even really realize it. Right. Or, and yeah. I think that's the 9 million people we're talking yeah. about. Um, and then uh, the Justice League uh, Snyder cut comes to mind. Like, that's not going to get me to like, and then they spend like some crazy amount of extra money for this Snyder cut that it sounded before they, before they greenlit the Snyder cut like officially for HBO Max. It sounded like that was just already done and all they do is just patch up some CGI. No, like they're it's a whole fucking extra production on top of what they had already right. done. Um and they're I guess they're doing this to in hopes of getting more subscribers on HBO Max, but like me, I don't that's not gonna get me to uh, <laughs> So I had an interesting journey with HBO because I had HBO through Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I wanted to watch Game of Thrones and Westworld and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Jason accidentally brought to my attention when he brought up Raised by Wolves. Yeah. I was like, oh, I really want to watch that. So I go to Amazon and I open up like the HBO module, which I'm paying for, mm-hmm. and Raised by Wolves isn't on there. And mm-hmm. I was like, it's an HBO show. I'm paying for HBO. Why do I not have this mm-hmm. show? And then I found out that you have to get HBO Max. No, oh, it's exclusive. Which is yeah. like a couple bucks more. It's not that much. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So then I DC, I, I discontinued my Amazon service. <laughs> <DC>. <laughs> Job speak coming yeah, yeah. through there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I got HBO Max. And then the next day they're like, oh, we're going to release all our movies on here for oh, free. And I was like, nailed it. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. I see. Um, yeah, uh, so... There's actually some cool, like, uh, anime and stuff on HBO Max. Yeah, there's a lot of different cool stuff. What, uh, what are your guys' thoughts generally, like, with this, uh, with this, you know, like, just in general, your thoughts on this whole thing with the movies? Like, they've got, like, 17 movies coming out next year. Big movies. I mean, I think it's gonna be cool. I mean, I like in the same part, because I actually watch a ton of stuff on on HBO. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I do think they have good content. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. about all the movies, and, and most of the movies I'm excited for are on this platform mm-hmm. that have been we're going to be released this year. So I mean, all these big blockbusters they were going to see. Now you can just watch them all at the comfort of your own home. Yeah, it's going it, to be rough for movie theaters, though. I mean, yeah. this is like—is it going to prevent you from going to? St- I mean, assuming that you felt like you can go to a movie theater, is it going to prevent you from going to movie theater? One hundred percent. Yeah, okay. because when the fuck when I go to a movie theater? Yeah, I mean, I well, think they're just going to shrink own. everything down to a few theaters everywhere, and they'll yeah. show like big films on big screens yeah. for the few people that want to go. Um, I'm you know. definitely. Watching Dune in a theater. I mean, an IMAX Dune, that would be probably the one that yeah. might bring me out to go see it. Like that um, seems really cool. Wonder if 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 Wonder Woman isn't going to be played in the theater, 
then I'll probably take my time to watch it on streaming. But if it's if they're playing it in a theater on the twenty here in town on the twenty fifth, then I'm gonna go to the theater to watch. Like it's it, it, it's uh, the uh, Bill and Ted movie that came out this past year. Like I would have gone and seen that in the theater if the whole COVID thing wasn't happening and whatnot. Um, uh, just, I like the theater and it's like, this is going to probably hurt the theater. Like this is, I have a feeling, um, and my bold prediction is that this is going to hurt Warner brothers quite a bit. Cause what was it? Uh, Chris, Christopher Nolan, who's, um, <laughs> who is obviously not happy about this. Cause he's like one of these purest movie. He still films on, on actual film and not dig He's like Tarantino. It's like an old timey kind of old school Hollywood director, he, uh, his feelings on this, um, which I completely, as somebody who appreciates art, I can, I can see how this would have pissed off a lot of people. Um, let's see here. He, his feelings on it are, let's see if I can find it here. Uh, because it's certainly interesting because yeah, if you get those people like him, I mean, they're going to want to listen to the movie. And then how do you objectively, you know, as a, it's always been like my movies made the X number of dollars. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a number one hit. It's doing great in the box offices. It's hard to say like, oh, you you don't have that same metric anymore. What do you mean you have? I mean, money, no, but you can have views because yeah. yeah, right. it's even easier to track that information. That's well, true. Yeah. Digitally, is, but it's gonna, it's a completely different. You know, you're, you're moving from one system that's been that way for yeah. 80 years? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, like a long freaking time to yeah, now. If you assign a, new... a monetary value to each view, then you can make a number up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, I mean and, and that's system. but that's what they're yeah. going to do. That's what I they're going to do, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it still, I think, is going to be... But I enjoy it. It's progress in society. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll still... Yeah, I, I'm fine with them releasing the movies. Me, personally, I'm going to keep going. I, I like the movie theater experience, just getting out of my house and, and, and sitting down and and there are certain movies, like with the uh, 2000 movies uh, podcast that I do um, for Mind Grenade, um, one of the things I do is like, oh, do I regret not watching this in the theater? Because there are some movies where I've watched it. It's like, God damn it, I wish I would have seen that in the theater. Um, for the most part, yeah, I don't have to watch everything in the theater, but I like, I like the opposite. So here's Nolan's response. He says, uh, his response was one of disbelief. Uh, he says, there's such controversy... Uh, uh, how would a British person say Contra- uh, anyway. controversy? There you go. Thank you. Uh, around it because they didn't tell anyone. They so Warner's didn't tell any of. So they've got some of the biggest filmmakers in the world. They've got some of the biggest stars in the world who worked for years in some cases on these projects, very close to their hearts that are meant to be big screen experiences, and now they're being used as a loss leader for the streaming service without any consultation. So they're doing this to save their streaming service. Also, they want to be putting their movies out because, like, the tenant really didn't perform the way it was supposed to. Um, I did watch that in the movie theater. Um, uh, so uh, I, don't, I I disagree with him mm-hmm. a lot on that. Like, Tenant is the perfect example. I to this day have not seen Tenant mm-hmm. because I cannot watch it. So, yeah. So, so he he's approaching it from his own little bubble where mm-hmm. everyone around him has to go to the theater. Yeah, yeah. And, like, most people do not share that experience. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I get why he's upset. Yeah. But I don't think his opinion tracks nationwide. Well, the the 
with my little prediction just a little bit before that it's down the line this is going to hurt Warner, Warner Brothers. Like, yes, I agree. It'll probably diminish theater, people going out to the movie theater and make streaming more of a uh, thing than it already is. But, like, um, this is going to, like, him saying, like, the top filmmakers and the top movie, they're, these people are going to now move away from working with Warner. But who are they going to go Wait, to? Yeah, I think uh, Disney. No, here's no. the thing. Disney is doing the same you thing. You guys, yeah. they're the yeah. coal miners in West Virginia who are yeah. still waiting for their coal mining jobs <laughs> yeah, to come yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. The, the people that fight progress tend mm-hmm. to get screwed yeah yeah like metallica uh, yeah exactly with, uh, napster they really won back. that yeah. one guys yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. saint anger was a great album uh, <laughs> so i mean D- disney announced before warner brothers did like months back yeah, that they were going basically they're, they're full streaming, streaming now yeah. so any marvel movie like that this is going to be the same thing they're not yeah. going to go to I'll and still... i gotta say like from when chris let's just say when christopher nolan mm-hmm. was growing up on his like tube cathode ray tube TV <laughs> with like built-in rattly blown speakers mm-hmm. is not what people have in their homes these days. Mm-hmm. No, it's not like an IMAX screen. Yeah, but yeah. You can get a great movie experience at home. Most people can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so the movies that Netflix makes, they they like even the best Netflix movie that Netflix made themselves still isn't as good as any. Like, well, most and that's what I was bringing theaters. up earlier. Like. Netflix, even the best Netflix movies are not budgetarily where some of the big Hollywood hits are. And I think if what's going to happen is there's going to be more movies, um, I don't want to say less quality, but there's going to be less money allocated per movie. Mm -hmm. And I think more and more there's going to be more money allocated to TV shows. Yeah, yeah. TV has had a renaissance in the last decade or so. Um, oh, the one thing we haven't talked about is the scenarios in which I would go to the theater, which is what's going to happen, yeah. which is X company is going to come out with their movie and you're yeah. not going to have that streaming service. So yeah, you're going to yeah. have to go to the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Unless you own every just, streaming service. That's what they're hoping that you do. Yeah. You're just going to have all of them. I mean, because like, oh, so the, the interesting thing is, okay, so a movie, let's say Tenet, let's say yeah. it made, I don't know, let's say it cost, what, like 600 or three hundred million to make, or okay. whatever. It's like, whoa, yeah. whoa! Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they make like six hundred million or something like that. Yeah, office. it's like three hundred million profit. Yeah, you know, um, but the streaming service. Let's say in a couple of years, it has fifty million at yeah. fifteen bucks a pop. What is that? Seven hundred and fifty million dollars every year. You yeah, know, and it yeah, keeps yeah, making right, right. Which so is probably what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, Marvel move like so. I'm, I totally accept that this is happening and. I can see the writing on the wall. It's just gonna, it, it, it's 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 happening. I still will be the one that goes out to a Marvel movie to the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, here here's some movies that are coming out. This, so Dune definitely I I, I want to watch um, in the theater. Um, here's some of the movies that uh, they're putting out. Uh, Warner Brothers. Uh, the um, the the Sopranos movie, The Many Saints of Nork. Um, that's a big movie that they've what? been talking about. I'm sorry, what year is this? Uh, 2021. Oh, that's strange. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that they're doing a, a, a Sopranos movie. Um, let's see here. Godzilla versus Kong. Like, if if I had to watch the, that Godzilla movie that came out a year or two ago, straight, like, I would have been, been bummed out, man. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong is one of the big ones coming out this next year. That one I definitely will want to watch. Conjuring... Um, uh, Space Jam: A New Legacy. That one I can watch streaming. 
the, the Suicide Squad. It's uh, James Gunn's new movie. Dune. Um, let's see what else. Hector's uh, like subtly highlighting why I don't really watch that many movies uh-huh. these days. <laughs> Ma- Matrix 4. Uh, sequel to movie that came out in 1995. Yeah. Sequel to movie that came out in 2001. <laughs> sequel to movie uh, that came out in 1983. Yeah, those who that, that's that's all Hollywood. Like every mm-hmm. name a movie that isn't oh God, an IP all, before. All sequels, but so. see the best movie like I keep coming back to Baby Driver. Where when's yeah. the next Baby Driver? That's what. But I that's so know. few and far between. I know that's what bums uh, yeah, me out. Yeah. Like everything is either a comic book or based on a book I mean, or a sequel. The, well, some of that, some of that's okay. A Fargo, like, the TV show. If it's based on like an intellectual property that people aren't super familiar with, yeah, like an old comic or something, yeah. like yeah. I can buy that. Yeah. But when it's like Suicide Squad eleven, the first yeah. ten sucked, but this one's gonna be good. <laughs> yeah. I promise. Yeah. Yeah, you lose. But me that's ninety nine percent of anything that's put out on TV and on movies mm-hmm. and streaming. Um, but yeah, so those are some of the big ones that are coming out, um, streaming and in theater. Um, but yeah, so with the, like I said, with the, so my position is like, and using the Wonder Woman movie as an example is, yeah, like, uh, if it's only coming out streaming, I'm not that excited to watch it right away. But if it's going to be playing in theaters that weekend of Christmas, I'll probably watch it that first weekend or the following weekend, like just because I want the, I want to get out mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 just be dazzled with uh, with the widescreen. And um, I certainly so. hope that movie theaters don't go away. They definitely yeah. have their. their yeah, I don't they think they will. Yeah, I, they're just going to contract a we, lot. Speaking of predictions, we also predicted exactly what's happening. Like early this year, we mm-hmm. thought that this eventually might happen, where we have this dual. Movie theater yeah, yeah, streaming, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. Thing, yeah, yeah. It's I don't mind. It's it. It reminds me of like uh, where like in PlayStation and Xbox. Now you can do cross platform mm-hmm. shit with them now. Like mm-hmm. the, the, why don't why weren't we doing this fifteen what? twenty oh, years ago? Capitalism. Yeah, I guess tell you. Which I am a fan of capitalism, but um, uh, it, it, when it when it restricts your ability to do things is when yeah. it bothers me. Yeah, yeah. like like uh, why can't I play Spider Man on my Xbox? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hear you. Because Tony owns it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion thing on HBO Max? I have not. No. I watched it. It's it's a short commitment. It's only a little over an hour. If you're a fan of the show, I do recommend watching it because it does it does dive into a lot of behind the scenes stuff. If you have exposed heartstrings, it's probably going to tug on them a little oh, bit. No. So just the, be prepared. This little emotion. The, the dad. That's James Avery, yeah, 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 and also the little bit of a torn relationship between Will Smith and, and the, 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 the first mom. actress that played the mom, Aunt yeah. Viv, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Aunt Viv. and that that comes to a, res- a resolution during this reunion. So. Where is this? HBO Max. Wait, um, it's a it's a documentary. It's a re it's a reunion. So no, they get together, understand. they get together, and they talk about the show. But there's a lot of cuts, like. There, there's a lot of cuts, but like behind the scenes, how they're reading the scripts and making the show, how the show started. Uh, you get to see some audition tapes of these guys auditioning for the roles. Oh wow! So there's there's a lot of material. Now it's not just them subscribe. sitting. And they sit on, they recreate the old set, and they sit in the living room of that to do it. That's so cool. it's not just it's not just them sitting and talking to each other. There's a lot of ma- like material in there. So nice. that sounds interesting. It's it's yeah. If you're a fan of the show, it it's worth a watch, and it's it's only a little over an hour. So. Nice. Um, yeah, a bunch of people are doing reunion shows. It seems like, or or the uh, the 
what do they call that when they sit around a table and read from the script? Just uh, table read. Yeah, table, table read. read they, yeah. yeah, they show some of the table reads. You know, it's funny that they were they were talking about they were kind of teasing Will Smith because when the show first started, they were talking about how. Um, I mean, he was obviously this was like his first role, in, big role in anything, and he was taking it very seriously. He had like not only his lines memorized, but everyone else's. Mm-hmm. So they showed clips and they zoomed in on him when he wasn't uh-huh. the one talking. He was mouthing uh-huh. everyone's lines, and it's caught on episode, but you just don't notice it because you're not focused on him. So they zoomed in and purposely yeah, were showing funny. him do that. And they said they had to fix that. So mm-hmm. yeah, huh? That's interesting. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, uh, that's on HBO Max. You said, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, one last thing on the whole Warner Brothers thing. Like uh, I, I brought up to Jason last night when we were talking about it about like well, eventually Disney will end up buying Warner Brothers when they're like hobbling when they can't get HBO Max to to, to take off. To, no, to I work. don't think they will. Disney, but like I just like man, that's an that's got to be antitrust at that. That's, point. that's why that's why I brought it up. Yeah. Me and Jason talked uh, briefly about uh, monopoly. Is that the, that's the modern measure of antitrust? Whichever company owns DC and Marvel, Marvel yeah. is now in monopoly and must yeah. be broken. Have, have you guys heard of like the rule of three? It's not like an official thing, but it's kind of been plugged around for like, economists and whatnot. But it's like basically three main companies end up being yeah. like the main. Oh thing. yeah, everyone should look at eyeglasses. Yeah. So you go to the mall and there's like four different eyeglass stores, right? Mm -hmm. And they each sell frames that are made by like each one, like 12 different companies, right? Yeah, yeah. All of those are made by one or two companies. Yeah. And it's false. It's what is it? False. variability or whatever okay. to trick you into thinking that there's a market there is, okay. but it's it's like literally two companies wow wow country. wow well because uh <laughs> dc comics the publishing um wing of warner brothers it's just crazy because warner brothers owned by time time warner and then time at&t is the parent company mm-hmm. and who knows who, who owns at&t um but uh the dc's been having a rough couple years, the last couple years, the publishing section. And plus I was explaining to Jason that DC Comics has never been any kind of like, like they're just holding on to it because of tradition, I guess. Uh, Warner's hardly makes any, like in the grand, in the grand scheme of things, they're making a tiny fraction of money from their big pie, I guess, um, at Warner Brothers that, if they let the publishing company just collapse, just get rid of it, it wouldn't affect them in the slightest. But uh, but they're using it as a content farm, right? Like IP farm um, for their movies and whatnot. Um, so the publishing for DC is nowhere near, because I, mean, I know Marvel is still hugely active on like the publishing yeah. for, for comics. I mean, well, that's the thing. So uh, the speculate, me and Jason speculating about what if Disney ended up buying Warner, because Disney's been buying just fucking, they bought Fox just recently, mm-hmm. and they bought Marvel and, 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 and Star Wars in the past. Uh, like, it'd be just crazy if they bought Warner Brothers, you know, which it, it won't happen, but like if they did, we could have uh, a Batman versus Iron Man. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm all for that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Jason <laughs> brought up... That would be interesting. Jason brought up, like, the Marvel and DC, like, would, that would be a, a monopoly. Like, it would, you know, the government might have to get involved with the whole monopoly thing. But, uh, um, yeah, but with, like, comics in general, it, it's mo- the big two is what they've always been called, Marvel and DC. And whenever... It's always the, either one of them either being number one, like, they just, you know... Marvel's been number one for probably a decade, 20, uh, 10 years, 15 years. Like, they've been the top dog with DC right behind them. But if D- DC collapses or just gets gobbled up by Disney, like, 
there's still the independent, there's like hundreds of the independent comic book companies. So would it be a monopoly? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, uh, You'd have to measure the market share. I don't know. Yeah, the market share. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, so yeah, uh, Disney is, uh, one day will they'll just like, Put their logo on the on the moon or something. It'll be on the White House. I'm just. I imagine like the <laughs> classic dystopian. You're like walking down the street and there's like a little Mickey Mouse head on like a street sign with little eyeballs that follow you as you walk <laughs> by, like, and like a blimp goes over the top that's like Mickey is watching. Nah. And like be nice to your neighbor. <laughs> All right, guys. What would a Disney dystopian I society look like? See that, would yeah. it be like not you know like most dystopian societies you see in in properties are like all like people are unhappy and it's awful and stuff but would a disney dystopian society be like every like everyone's too happy <laughs> i it's like <laughs> there's actually a really interesting game called we happy few and the premise is that everyone is on drugs to make them happy and like part of the mechanic of the game is if you don't take your drugs the happy wears off and you see the world as how it really is. Oh, wow. And it's, I don't think it's like, it didn't get that great of reviews, but the concept is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like as the drugs wear off, the game is like cartoony and colorful and then it becomes like bleak and gray. And like, uh, like a little dog in the corner might be like a dead rat in the non-drugged up version. Huh. This wasn't some sort of like 2020 analogy, was it? Yeah, right. <laughs> you just got to take the goggles off, man. <laughs> um. Uh, before we we wrap up, uh, Ian, did you have do you have thoughts on uh, or anybody have thoughts on the cyberpunk? Well, obviously that was going to be my closing statement. Oh, okay, Happy cool. Cyberpunk Week! Yeah, yeah. For well, everybody interested, uh, tomorrow is Cyberpunk Day. Yeah, and I will not be available this weekend. Yeah. I'm I'm waiting to purchase until they. Uh, yeah, that's why I love about a single player game is I don't feel a need to like rush out and immediately buy it. I'm gonna let it get patched a little bit. I'm excited to play it. I'm gonna buy it. Gonna play it. I mean, it's fuck. It's a game that's been in the progress for what over ten years. Mm, I think eight. Yeah, I mean, it's so you know they put a lot of work in it. Um, it's worth picking up. You guys are both playing it on computer. I take yeah, it right. Yeah, computer. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, any more Waskily Wabbit stuff, Ian, that you're starting out with? No, I don't think so. That's uh, about all I got. It's a good episode. You guys, ever get a, you guys ever been afraid of getting Bugs Bunny? Like you're out on their back porch having a couple drinks? Do you know what I'm talking about? You know how like Bugs Bunny always in cartoons, he's like, like it's with a hairy monster or if it's like Elmer Fudd or whatever, he always he dresses up like the attractive whatever <laughs> to fool you. You're like, you're out in your backyard and you're like, you know, there's rabbits all over this area. And Are you, you ever... saying you're worried about getting honey trapped by a rabbit in your own backyard? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it could happen. The rabbit's like, this guy looks thirsty. Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> I mean, how embarrassing would that be, Matt? That's what you're saying, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, is it, are you a victim? Uh, or is it like borderline bestiality? Well, no, I don't think you can fuck borderline. a rabbit and be the it's victim. The it's the name just of this episode, borderline bestiality. Just like... Touching the surface of bestiality. Not really, because nothing's really happening. Bestiality adjacent. Man, <laughs> really yeah. going off the rails. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to boil this down. Jason is saying that if a rabbit is wearing a sexy outfit, <laughs> it is no longer bestiality. <laughs> this oh is what goodness. happens when you live in the country, guys. <laughs> yeah, Don't yeah, move yeah. to the country. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, this has been episode 237 of the Mind Grenade Podcast. This has been Hector for Jason, Matt, and Ian saying so long. We'll talk to you soon. Be nice to rabbits. Yes.
where these hooligans are gathered around. Spending the weekend at a fan of mine, trying to catch that crooked sound. So finally faded at the festival, I don't know how I'm getting home. So put your faith in a character, babe, whose name you probably should already know. Thank you.